Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley, and I will be joined in a few minutes by Kedrick Prince, the Illini guy's director of recruiting. We're going to talk about some of the recent AAU tournaments, including the big EYBL tournament in Dallas that happened last weekend. We're going to go over a few recruits that you have heard of that are tied in with the Illini, and we're going to go over maybe a recruit or two that you haven't heard of. And additionally, we'll even talk about one recruit that you just don't want to miss if you are out at AAU tournaments. But right now, let's just take a quick second from our sponsors. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Well, as advertised, we've now got Kedrick Prince, the director of recruiting for the Illini guys. He has gotten off his horse, got his 10-gallon hat resting right next to him, and he's going to talk some AAU basketball recruits and talk about the season that's been going on so far this year. Both Kedrick and I have had the good fortune to monitor quite a few players, either live or videotape or both. Um, last weekend, EYBL played in Dallas. Was quite a, a fair here. Big-time tournament, a lot of people, uh, one of the regional qualifiers. So it was it was definitely drew some huge crowds. Ked, I tell you, the the first person that that people ask me about is Morez Johnson, six foot nine, maybe even a tad taller than that. His body's starting to really fill out. He looks like a, to be honest, he looks like an NBA player out there amongst some kids. I thought that uh, the first thing that stood out to me with him was the intensity with which he plays. I saw him take a couple charges. I saw him go on the floor two to three times for loose balls a game. I saw him out there um, really kind of, you know, busting his butt to be the first man down on defense. And he's the biggest guy on his team. And somehow he was managing to do that a a a good part of the time. And the other thing I thought that really set him out, which I think would have helped the Illini this year, is on defense, he is constantly talking to his teammates. He's calling out picks. He's helping pull guys through picks. He's telling guys where to be on the floor. Um, He's helping the defense maintain spacing. He actually looks like a quarterback out there. I really thought from a leadership standpoint, um, that team, you know, he was really assisting the coaching staff by trying to do his best to be a leader on the floor, you know, quarterback on the floor. And I really thought that was a step that was that you didn't see from very many players out there. And I, I thought that was a big deal that that would be a positive for Brad Underwood and the Fighting Illini staff. What have you thought about more as the big uh, 2024 Illini commit? Well, you know what, Mike, you know, I think he's grown a lot. He's a he's a mature player. He's play, he played varsity basketball. As a freshman, um, you and I saw him really early in his career um, when he was just starting to develop. And I think some of the criticism with him early, I don't think it was fair because he was young, but he was a six, seven, six, eight kid 
just oozing with a lot of athletic ability. Um, I've always liked this game. You know, um, he played with another guy, James Brown, who was another big guy, 6'9", 6'10", guy. And at the time, James was the guy that was getting all the notoriety and, you know, people thought he was going to be the better player. And, you know, you and I talked when we watched him play in Washington over the holiday break that we saw differently. We saw a guy that could just jump out of the gym. He was his quick twitch. He could, you know, he he could read, he could play defense as a freshman as good as a lot of kids could as a senior in high school. And you saw the talent and you saw the athleticism. And I think that's why Illinois jumped in with him early because sometimes kids will want to commit when they're that young and, you know, schools don't take those offers, Mike, but I think they saw the writing on the wall with him. I think they saw a guy that was just really, really energetic, athletic, and who could develop into something special. Now, you know, you look at it, if you're a recruiting guy, you know, which is what I love to do, and, you know, ESPN ranks him as the 26th best prospect in the country, and that says a lot. You know, um, if, you know, before the transfer portal, you know, getting a guy who's ranked 26th in the country – that's all you hear about. But, you know, I don't want to say fans are taking it for granted, but you don't want to take a guy like him for granted because he could go to another program, you know, or he could have picked another program in the Big Ten and come back to haunt you like a guy that we we both know and all the listeners, E.J. Liddell. So having a guy like Marez Johnson in, 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 on your roster, his play, his strength, and his ability now to, you know, not just, you know, do the same spin move, his game has expanded. And I think that's just a tribute to being, you know, playing varsity basketball as a freshman and just getting older. Yeah. And and I will say one thing, I, I there's a couple of things that I thought were really uh, good about him is when he drove to the basket, he could do it with either hand. And he also kept himself, you know, he, he was dribbling relatively low. A lot of the big guys, you know, they don't like to bend at all at the knees or at the waist for that matter. And, you know, they end up dribbling like four feet high. And, of course, as soon as they put the ball down on the ground, you know, they run into all sorts of issues. Now, now, Morez, you know, he's always going to have to deal with guys trying to come in and dig on him. But I thought he he pounded the ball pretty hard on those dribbles. And he, when he made a move, he made it fast. I think when he gets a little more confidence and he starts varying his speed a little bit, He's going to be a real problem for people on the inside. Uh, what do you think of some of the offensive moves that you've seen from him? That's what I was saying. I mean, he's the, he's developed that. You know, early in his career, he couldn't do that. And he is stronger. I mean, I wish there was a before and after picture where people could see, I mean, how much he's filled out, how, much, how strong he is. And he looks like he's ready to participate in the Big Ten right now. So I really think he, you know, his overall game, and just think about it, he has another year of high school, you know, so there's yeah. another opportunity for him to develop. And, you know, and you can pretty much bet that, you know, he's talking to the Illinois coaches saying, hey, what do I need to work on? Should I do this? Should I do that? And he, you know, I've talked to him a number of times, and the thing that frustrates him a little bit is how people defend him. And because he is so big, like, um, sometimes he doesn't get calls and, you know, the double and triple teamed and, but he also said on the flip side, that makes him better. You know, that shows where he is and that what people think about him. So, but his game, I think coming in as a freshman, he's more polished than a lot of the big guys 
that Illinois has had in the past. I mean, like, nobody's going to be Kofi because Kofi was seven foot tall. But as far as his offensive game and, you know, him being able to defend and, you know, the way Illinois wanted to play defense, he will, he will, he will not be a liability on the floor at all. No, I, I think the biggest thing for him to work on is is keep improving the ball handling. There's never been a coach on the planet who's benched a guy because he's too good at ball handling. And and work on that mid-range shot because if if he's able to reliably pull up from, you know, uh, 5 to 15 feet, he is going to be very hard to stop because when he goes directly at the rack, you better have it strapped on or he might go through you. Um, I, I really thought that, uh, you know, he played quite, quite well. Um, and I, and I was really kind of thinking to myself, you know, here's a guy who, who, you know, as you've said, we we've kind of watched grow up and he is getting better and you can see it. And, and the other thing is, is with his defense, with his hustle, uh, he can affect a game without necessarily putting points on the board. I thought the other thing that you noted was he doesn't get many calls because he is bigger and stronger than other people. He had a play against Brad Beal Elite where he got, you know, went up for a power layup, got hit pretty hard. No foul, of course. Somehow slides down, lands on his knees, and the ball gets tipped. He reaches up for it, gets his own rebound while on his knees. And then as you know, everybody starts to descend on him trying for the loose ball. He somehow sees a guy open and gets a bounce pass to another player for a layup. And then you look up and Morez is the first guy back on defense. So I think there's a lot of things that he can do. And again, he's a good scorer. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of things he can do to affect a game that doesn't necessarily require him to score. And I think that's a pretty unique thing from a big player like him. It, it, it really is. Like you said, I mean, just, you know, his energy level and how he can defend and how mobile he is. That's why I said, I think coming in right away, I think, you know, he'll surprise some people. I mean, a lot of the opposing coaches will know because they're out there recruiting and they'll know what, what he's like. But I do like his motor. Um, and you know what? Let's not forget this either. This kid is loyal and he really wants to be it on. I mean, I remember when he committed and I was talking to him, and he just—I don't—he didn't have an official visit. He just saw one practice and was like, "This place is for me," because he's very, very competitive. And you know, again, you don't want to take a kid like that for granted because you know, a top thirty recruit in the country can play anywhere, and there's a reason that he's that good. And he shot up. I mean, there was one point in time he wasn't on anybody's uh, top fifty, top sixty, top one hundred. Now. You know, and not just, you know, ESPN, but some of the other national uh, recruiting sites, he's also in the top 30 and 40. Yeah, he, he, he's definitely going to be uh, a great one for Illini fans. Now let's talk about another player and folks who are familiar with IlliniGuys.com and they read Ked's recruiting roundup articles or listen to his podcast will know this name, but Mikey Lewis, six foot three guard out of Oakland plays for the Oakland soldiers, this kid. And, and it's not fair to do this to him or Draven, you know, gives Lawhorn, but he really does remind one a little bit of Steph Curry. He's a thinner player. 
but gets up and down the court with lightning speed. If you don't guard him inside of 25 feet, he's got a good three-point shot, and he is not at all afraid to use it. And I, I will tell you, once you go out on him and you have to start trying to guard him in space, good luck because his ball handling is supports his speed, and he can go around people with a um, very surprising – quick first step um, and he gets to the basket quickly really and again it's an Oakland kid you know right out there and you know California so you expect a little bit of uh, the Steph Curry influence but he really did remind me of a, a Steph Curry type of player offensively is just a, a really is is a guy that you've got to pay attention to the whole time and and just just I thought he was really impressive player. Ted, you you've talked to him, had a chance to watch him. Uh, what were your thoughts about him? Talked to him and watched him play four times. Just impressive. I mean, this kid will be able to play college basketball. He could start at the one, and he could start at the two and be equally as, as effective playing both of those positions. Um, and the thing about it, when you see a kid that talented, when you talk to him, some kids are really arrogant, and he's confident in his game. Very respectful kid. I mean, um, really interested in the Big Ten um, from being out west. Um, he's very familiar with the line-eye, kind of line-eye forward right now, um, Coleman Hawkins, because Coleman Hawkins played for Prolific Prep, and I mean, and I guess he was not far from them, and so he knew, and so he kind of followed Illinois just because he wanted to watch Coleman play. But he liked what Illinois has, what Illinois has to offer as, as a basketball uh, school standpoint. But his play is just remarkable. Um, to answer your question, um, a guy with range and at, at this at the next level, I mean, everybody's got to be able to put the ball in the basket and be able to shoot it, and he's able to do that. And the thing that's really you know, intriguing to me is that his first step and the way he can punish people and get by people, the thing I watch, and I haven't done this in a while, but I watch a kid, you know, look, and Steph Curry, it's funny you mentioned his name, they'll look at the way the defender is playing him, and you can see him sizing up, and as soon as that defender makes the wrong footstep toward him, he uses that to his advantage, and that's one of the reasons, and he kind of mentioned that to me out, out there, and I don't want to, you know, uh, still is thunder, so the people know how to defend him. But he's very observant to how people defend him, and and it's willing and it's able to help him score. He said because he's a student of the game. You know, most times in AAU basketball, um, the coaches will scout, but he's different. When he knows he's playing an opponent and that they're playing before or after him, he sticks around to go watch. Yeah, and and just so people know, he scored thirty four. 22, 22, and 23, and his bad game of watch of three-point shooting was at 37.5%. So he he was, you know, he was hitting, you know, five for nine, two for two, four for seven, three for eight. Very reliable shooter. And as I watched him, you know, I thought to myself, here's a guy that, you know, let's hope the Illini can land him. But I see him being very, very positive 
uh, contributor for any team that that he selects, and and he's going to go out there and make a difference probably on day one. He really will, and you know I kind of like the lead recruiter with him, and as um, as Coach Chester Frazier, he's the guy that's kind of um again taking the lead. And I asked um you know Mr. Lewis what was the relationship like, and what do you think of Coach Frazier, and you know what was impressive to me is that these kids talk to a lot of coaches. And, you know, sometimes they'll get caught up, you know, they'll get a coach mixed up. He didn't do that with Coach Frazier. Coach Frazier must have really, you know, put a a, a, a pin in, in, his, in his cap because I think he's thinking, hey, you know what, they care about me. And the thing that was unique, he talked to me about that it wasn't just basketball. I mean, he really wanted to get to know him as a person and things that he liked and foods that he liked. So I think Coach Frazier knows, and I think there are some kids that when schools recruit them, they make it well known, hey, we want you. And, you know, some kids get, you know, complimentary offers. All schools do it. But this kid is a kid that they're going to go in for. And I think at some point you're going to see all the coaches might get involved with him because I think he's that good. Let's talk about a couple uh, 2025 recruits because both – uh, Mikey and um, Morez are 2024 recruits. Uh, in the 2025, there were a couple players that people might be familiar with their names who were playing uh, up a level. And the first one for Brad Beal Elite is Jeremiah Fears. Now that's Jeremy Fears Jr. His It's his younger brother. First, Jeremy ended up going to Michigan State and Illinois was certainly a team that was interested in him uh, early in the recruiting process. Jeremiah, though, is a different player. Um, Jeremiah is is again, I guess, a little more Steph-like. I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to draw the same type of parallels, but he is one who's a little thinner. Of course, he's a sophomore, and he's playing up, you know, a year. So so he's going to be a little bit slight of build because you know he hasn't matured yet. But the thing I found really interesting about him is he must have played a ton with his older brother because he has absolutely no fear and no deference to older players. What was really uh, impressive with him was he played, he got a couple of really later um, later style, uh, uh, you know, in the game, he would take shots would end up at the free throw line in the last minute of a game, had five, I think five points at the end of a game, um, really played quite well um, down the stretch. And in another game, uh, late in the game, instead of looking for his own shot, had two key assists late in the game where he found a guy open underneath the basket under a lot of pressure out front and even had a key block of a three-point attempt kind of ice the game for his team. Uh, Jeremiah Fears does some things with the outside shot, maybe that he's a little ahead of his brother at the same period in time. You know a lot about this family, and you've had a chance to watch him play. What are your thoughts? Well, I like that, you know, no fear for fears. Uh, yep. I, kind of, I kind of caught that. Here's, you know, for the fans who are listening to this podcast, this is the time you might – want to turn your radio up really loud or turn it off when I'm talking about Jeremiah Fears because uh, there's no secret that that we're very close friends. 
And I know a lot of times I think people were upset with how the recruitment went with his brother, uh, Jeremy Fears. Um, and sometimes dad is, he's aggressive, but I will give the man credit. He fully understands the game when he played at the, at the, the highest level. Um, but he fully understands at the college level, excuse me, and overseas. But his two kids are different. And as, as much as he wanted Jeremy to go to Illinois, Michigan State's a better fit. And, and I have to tip my hat to him because he knows if his son would have went to Illinois, he probably would have been successful, but not great. Jeremiah is totally different. And I can assure you, anybody who's listening to this, this kid has a lot of offers. He just picked up one from Georgia and Arizona. And I'm telling you now, the Blue Bloods are calling because of the description that Mike just gave you guys is 100% accurate. This kid is special. And his dad obviously told me he loves both of his kids. But he likes Illinois because of what Illinois has to offer. Illinois has done a tremendous job of recruiting him. There's already some history there. But Jeremiah is different because his first weekend in AU basketball in Atlanta, you know, he – they had an, uh, like a who's who's list, and he came out as one of the top ten players the, the the first day of the tournament. The second day, he had a game-winning basket, which means that, and you're right, he's playing up in age. And the difference between another difference between both guys is Jeremiah is legitimately six one, possibly six two. So his skill level and his, the way he can play and pass, he is so confident. It's been a long time since I've seen a kid play like that. I, I'm still trying to compare him to another kid in the state. I've not done it yet, um, but this kid is special, and he can shoot it. Brad Sturdy and I, our colleague with the line guys, um, we went to some, see uh, Jeremiah play as a freshman and in a tournament last from Chicago, and we just happened to see the uh, Illinois coaches. And, you know, I'll tell you what, Coach Underwood followed him. And there was and when he when when he was that young as a freshman watching him play because you could see how steady he was and the way he can dribble and put it on the floor he's deceivingly quick and I just like his game and I think Illinois has put themselves in a unbelievable position to land this kid if things go right. Yeah, he he definitely has the outside shot, good ball handler. I think that's the other thing that I look for when I see a kid playing up is is he able to handle the ball against an older and usually one of the best defenders on the team can he keep his shoulders square to the basket or does he have to kind of stand where where he gets his you know he puts the ball in his right hand and then uses his left shoulder to protect and keep the ball behind well if you if you have if you can't be square to the basket and protect the ball against a, a kid you're not a point guard that, that because if you have to you have to use your your other shoulder to protect the ball your vision then takes about a you know two-thirds of the court or half the court gets kind of blocked because you you know the way you're standing um jeremiah was willing to take on really good defenders with his shoulders square to the basket and and i thought that was something that again from a younger player playing against older more physically developed guys you don't always see that. And I thought that was another encouraging sign uh, for those who, who want a point guard uh, or at least a lead guard that can score. 
Yeah, and you know what, Mike? Like in an AAU circuit, very rarely do you see players play up. I mean, it happens, but but not a lot. I mean, like I said to you, there are some guys out there because at that level, coaches try to keep the kids, you know, where they belong. Because if you have a group of kids that's older, because you're obviously trying to get those kids scholarships, but you know, Bradley Billy Lee agreed to play this kid, and I think last weekend in Texas, I believe he got his first start um, when he was down there, and 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 so. I just think, you know, wherever this kid goes to school, um, he is obviously from the city of Illinois, but he is transferring. Um, so he is, he's out, and he is going to be going to Sunrise Christian Academy in Bel Air, Kansas. You know, so, I mean, he'll be leaving the state. But one of the reasons that dad said he did that is because he knows. And, you know, my last comment on fears is this. Um, there's been a number of people that's talked to father, and, you know, I've been around, and I've seen it myself. They think this kid has potential to be one and done or maybe, you know, two and done. That's why dad is sending him away so he can develop and make a name for himself and expand his game because a lot of the guys who get paid a ton of money doing this, they see something special in that kid. Yeah, I I think he is going to be a um, really quite a, a player. Looks like, you know, and his older brother is obviously going to be a very good player. They've been well coached, um, really good. So let's let's pivot to another junior, a 2025 as well. Um, the son of Illini le- legend Kiwan Garris, and that would be Kiwan Garris Jr., but uh, Jr. is known as KJ. And the difference between those two, you can go to my uh, Twitter account, at Mike Kegley, and you can see the difference as, you know, KJ is is a good 6'4", 6'3 and a half, 6'4", and built obviously taller than his father, but thicker than his father. Um, KJ is built, really reminded me a lot of a Bruce Douglas build. Um, has the ability to muscle guys. Uh, and, of course, he's playing up as well. I thought there was a difference in the coaching between those two teams because I felt like um, the the Georgia Stars team that he played for, and this is my opinion, just my opinion, but I, I felt that they didn't really let KJ use some of his stuff. They kept him all outside all the time. And again, he's got a nice shot. He averaged 21 points a game in, in high school and was all state, but he was he was outside. They didn't let him go post up guards, and there were several times when it was clear that smaller guards really had a problem with his physicality. And I thought running, you know, a set or two to get him the ball uh, in the post would have been good, or at least a little pick and roll action to see if the switch happened so that he could take advantage of that. But I thought defensively uh, he played well, particularly when he could lock a guy up and get a guy on his body. Um, Again, you're, you're talking a sophomore, so there's a lot of growth. Uh, to be done there. What were your thoughts on your watching of uh, his video? It's really weird when you see Kiwan Garrison, like you mentioned, for the fans out there to go to your Twitter page. Looks nothing like his father. I mean, you have to do a quadruple take to think, okay, is this really Kiwan's kid? Not the only fact they don't look alike, their body mass are just totally different. He looks like KJ, Kiwan Garrison. He looks like a linebacker to me. He's just a thick kid. Um, obviously much stronger. He weighs 185 pounds and he's a sophomore. So having said that, 
Um, his game is a little different to me. And, you know, I've, you know, having watched him play a couple times and, you know, I know Kiwan, like all parents want their kids to, to get the best offer out there possible for them. Um, I think his best attribute, like you said, you know, is to be able to take advantage of smaller guards and people, you know, who aren't as strong as he is. And I mean, in the AAU circuit, you know, his team, his coaches, they see something totally different. But, you know, when you look at his overall game, I think he, he reads the defense well. I think he's he's a good passer. I know you and I talked a little bit, you know, prior to doing this podcast, and that's a part of his game that I think he does really well. Um, I If there was a concern for me with him, you know, it would be his foot speed. I mean, his foot speed, you know, is, you know, it's hard to say because he doesn't look explosive, but he's able to get to the rim effectively, and maybe it's just – his movement and the way he goes about it, I guess, because it's kind of like a uh, nonchalant, but at the same time, he's effective doing it. And so I think maybe some coaches may think that as a, take it as a negative, but you know, if he's able to score and put up a lot of points, and which is the name of the game, because if you can score, um, somebody's going to give you a chance and give you a good look. Um, he is a thicker kid. I mean, I think you know, when smaller guards try to run him over, I mean, he doesn't move because he's so strong physically. But, you know, will he have a chance at the next level? I think a lot of that's going to depend on, you know, uh, his body. If, if his body changes, if he can show people he can put on the floor explosively and get by people. You know, we talked about Mikey Lewis and Jeremiah Fierce. You see that with both of those kids right now, and I think that's why their games are – you know what they are, even though they yeah they're older. But I think that's a part of uh, KJ's game that you know maybe it may hinder him, but at the same time you know it may help him if he's able to show kids, show coaches that he can get my smaller guards. Yeah, and and I, I like I said, it's 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 always interesting when you see a, a sophomore playing up. Uh, you know, if you're doing that, you're obviously a good player. Um, and then the other thing is, is I really felt like watching that team they struggled at times and I kind of felt like the old Georgia stars that I used to coach against back when I lived down in Georgia 2009 through 2011 they would excuse me they would play a, a 2-3 zone that was like literally a 2-3 press they usually had three to five guards who were super fast and they would take you at half court and it was a nightmare to deal with this 2-3 zone was more of a traditional 2-3 zone where you're trying to prevent the ball from going inside. I didn't think it, the the coaching was very um, – just seemed to be on a different level than some of the other teams I watched. Uh, they were constantly, you know, um, having things taken advantage of by uh, other sets, and they didn't have a lot of responses to it. So I felt like with that case, you know, there there were probably things the coach could have done to get – uh, Garris more involved and and uses as I said earlier his strength, but it just didn't happen and and to be honest the team usually got down early and then that's kind of the way the game stayed. Um, I did have another one as I was sitting and and watching um, uh, uh, other people. I was I had a parent come up to me and say you're an Illini guy, what's that? And we talked about it for a while. And it turned out that uh, his son is being looked at by Illinois. And if you're interested, uh, his son uh, is is uh, a 2024 seven foot one Daniel Jacobson. 
for the JL3. That's an EYBL team out of Houston, Texas. And dad actually is a longtime Chicagoan and um, was a bond trader and retired and moved down to Texas. So um, an interesting player, seven foot one. He's definitely has opportunities to put on weight like every seven foot one player. But he wasn't one of those guys who was so skinny that every time he bumped into somebody, you were like, you worried about him. Um, had a soft touch around the rim. Um, you know, he's averaging in the in the EYBL this season, he's averaging about seven points a game and about five rebounds. But he's only playing about 15, 16 minutes a game. But there's another player that Illinois is talking to, a, a kid who caused a whole lot of problems um, for the opposing centers, not because he was the greatest leaper in the world, but because he knew how to use his length and he would force guys to shoot over. And when you're got a seven footer with long arms, when you have to shoot over him, that was a problem for a lot of guys. So while he wasn't necessarily blocking a ton of shots, I think he had three shots, um, you know, over the weekend, but got a couple against the Brad Beal elite. And, and that's a very good team that went undefeated. Uh, I thought he was a player that, that down the line might offer Illinois a little bit of help on the inside. And certainly, you know, with his uh, work ethic, he had very good hands. Uh, and, and I thought, you know, down the line might be a player that would be worth the Illini taking a look at. Um, Ked, I wanted to mention a couple other players that that we might know about, but I, I would say James Brown, who was the teammate of uh, uh, you know uh, teammate at Saint Rita, um, you know, also ended up with more as I should say, also was there, um, you know, playing for Mocan, and I will tell you, uh, he's thick, doesn't have the explosion that Morez has. But, you know, he, he hustles up and down the court, um, very fundamentally sound. I thought he looked good, um, had a positive attitude, um, was, was, you know, again, a guy who, who I don't know that, that it, he has the top end that, that Morez had, but it was good right. to see him play well. Have you seen uh, any of James recently? You know what? Yeah, just it was, it was really weird, you know, how tables have turned. Um, I don't. I was quite surprised, and I can't lie to you that he was given the offer and he did commit to to North Carolina. I'm not saying that the kid's not going to make it, but I don't. I what I really see and what we talked about before, and I'm just going to be honest. I got, I think his ceiling. I think he's at it. I don't know how much better he's going to get. I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know if he's going to be a guy that's going to go to North Carolina. And come in and be on the all ACC freshman team. I, I don't see that happening, but I've been wrong many times before. Um, I do think he's a good basketball player, but I think, you know, just the game itself, I think he really, really, for him to be successful and to, to do what he wants to do, I really hope, you know, Sean May, if he's still down there, can teach him some things in the post because he's going to need that. He's really, really going to have to to learn. And you don't have to be the quickest guy in the world, but if you have good footwork in the post and you know how to read the defense, and I, I think that would be great for him. But um, just 
he really, really needs to expand his game because I don't think the athleticism is there the same as it is with Moraes. It's two totally different players and just it's just different. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He, you know, Moraes just has a he has an extra gear that that a lot of big guys just don't have. Um, the other the other person that I saw that that was I thought had uh, you know uh, okay game. But no, just Indrositis was there. Of course, again, another another teammate of, of Morez. Um, the interesting thing is the guy looks like a basketball player, and he just he didn't have his his shot wasn't falling particularly well this weekend. Um, I had the opportunity to see three of their four games, and he was also victim to some turnovers, particularly late in the game, where it felt like to me it wasn't that he was playing poorly. It was just that he was thinking too much instead of just reacting to what was out on the court. And you, you know, Ked, with your your extensive coaching and, and experience as a player, when you start thinking too much on a basketball court, that can get a little scary. And And I felt like there was – like I said, just some moments where, um, you know, uh, the turnovers late in the game was a challenge. But that being said, you know, you know, he still is out there and, he, you know, he's averaging 12 points a game, three rebounds, two assists. Um, but I was I was hoping to see, you know, a little bit more, uh, particularly from the three point line where where, you know, in you know, he shot. 25%, 16%, and then a couple games at 33. I will tell you that 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 I would think in the long run he'll probably be a decent player because his shot looks spectacular, right. but it just wasn't dropping. Any thoughts on no, just real quick? Yeah, your assessment is on the money, and um, I don't mean this in, in any negative way, so I don't want some fan tweeting me or emailing me. I'm not disappointed that this kid didn't go to Illinois. Uh, I saw him play – last summer and your assessment is on the money. I think they were there was some talk about him just being one dimensional, not being able to put the ball on the floor. So last year when I saw him play in person, that and I've seen him play obviously on video, um live video games, or not video games, but during games. He uh he's thinking so much about putting the ball on the floor. He I think he's forgetting how to play the game and it it doesn't look natural and it doesn't look fluid to him. As pretty as his shot looks, it doesn't go in. And I remember one time I made the comparison this summer um, with my friend Brad Sturdy with Luke Goody, and I thought Brad was going to punch me in the face. And <laughs> because I saw Luke, and then I, but Luke's obviously a much better shooter, and it was probably an unfair comparison. But I just, I've never seen, you know, just, just be hot all the time or just be a difference maker. I saw him play last winter in Washington and I, I just didn't see it. And, you know, he's more, he's a little bit more aggressive, but I don't, I, again, I'm not disappointed where he was going to school. And, you know, I don't, I think he would have been a kid and he might prove me wrong. He may go to Iowa state and, you know, shoot 42% from three and, you know, and, and make all conference. I don't know, but right now I just, I think he's thinking way too much and it's just not, I don't see him being in, in Illinois offense. I can't, I don't even see a spot where he would even be able to succeed because if you can't put on the floor and you're thinking and you're not reacting by the Underwood's offense, that's a recipe to be sitting on the bench next to Coach Underwood. Yep, yep, totally agree. One last 
person that I will put a plug out there for. If you are at a tournament and you see the 16-year-old Maine United team, watch them because that is where Cooper Flagg, the second-rated 2025 player, only behind um, one of the Boozer twins, he is uh, six foot eight. The only thing I can say about his game that was that was quote normal is for a sixteen year old he needs to put on weight. But what sixteen year old doesn't need to put on weight? I mean that's just a natural part of the growth, especially when you're six foot eight. But this kid was by far the best player I saw last weekend. He can put the ball on the floor. He was draining three-pointers from 25 feet. He was, you know, leading the break, playing point guard, um, rebounding. And then the other thing I thought was really interesting is on defense, he was a ball hawk. His basketball IQ is amazing, and he was using it to generate steals and 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 really contribute to that team being fairly strong defensively. I had a chance to watch a couple of his games. He is an extremely talented player. Now, being ranked number two and going to go to Montverde next year, you know, I'm not saying that he's you know going to going to look at an Illinois. He may be the type of guy who is blue blood bound. But I will tell you with um, the way Brad Underwood allows guards to handle the ball and shoot, I think that I'm not certain if there would be a better place for him to go. If I was Brad Underwood, I think I would go to Cooper and say, hey, you want to score 30 points a game like Larry Bird did 30 years ago? (laughs) Come play for me because I'll let you shoot that much because he wouldn't get that type of shots if he was playing, you know, at Kentucky or Duke where there's, you know, five other five stars there and they they need to try to, you know, keep everybody um, happy. But I will tell you what, it was um, a real treat to watch him play. He's on a team that basically exists because of him. So it's not as high-powered of an AAU team as what you would you would expect but my goodness he is a player and a, a real treat to watch so i would i would tell you to go ahead and and get a chance to to view a game if he's in it and um enjoy it because uh, quite talented you know just to give you an idea he's averaging almost 27 points 11 rebounds a, a game and he's only playing 28 minutes so, um, oh, I mean, and, and he goes out there and, and, you know, again, yeah, I think his, his, his quote, worst game, uh, in Dallas was, was 22 points, um, three out of the four games, he had double digit rebounds, you know, he, 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 he had, um, three, three, three and five block shots, just a, just a fun guy to watch. And certainly, um, uh, you know, for those people who enjoy uh, basketball, if you get an opportunity, go see him. I think uh, last year, you know, uh, you know, it was it was interesting to see some of the kids out there having success. And each year, you kind of find kids 
that are super fun to watch. And you don't have to be the highest ranked guys. A couple of years ago, it was Anthony Black. You know, again, you find guys that are just fun to watch, and and Cooper was fun to watch. Any, uh, go ahead. He uh, he has. I mean, for you talk about the blue bloods. I'm gonna tell you, uh, Duke Duke is in on him right away. I mean, they are Michigan, UCLA. Um, I even, you know, Fran McCaffrey's even on in on him. So you're right, and he's a five star kid, you know, in the class of 2025. So, you know, and if you know. This kid, wherever he goes, I mean, you know, that kind of caliber player, you know, being ranked number one or two in the country, he's not going to go somewhere and sit. I mean, so some school is going to be getting an outstanding player. And like I just said to him, he's got some outstanding offers already. And when Duke comes calling to you, I mean, regardless of Coach K is gone, it's still Duke. And I'm not, and, you know, I'll give Jawan Howard credit because I know he's trying to get involved, but that's going to be an interesting recruitment. Yeah, and, and I'm not a fair one on that because I'm just not a guy who goes by the beaten path. So, um, you know, Duke, Duke, you're you're just, you know, you go there, you're one of the endless number of five stars, Kentucky. You know, you're just another name that somebody won't remember two years from now. Um, but, boy, I, I look at the offense that, that Brad Underwood wants to run, and then you look at what Cooper could do. And he could go there and not only because he's going to, like you said, he's going to star or he's going to be a starter anywhere. But with the way Underwood runs that offense, I could see, you know, him, you know, scoring in the 20s. It is just amazing. And I also think that the basketball IQ is just out of this world. So fun guy to watch. Ted, thanks so much for uh, coming by. I know you it, it's it's hard out there, you know, riding that horse and keeping that <laughs> ten gallon cap, you know, or hat up on your head. It's got to be a, a heavy burden, but appreciate you stopping by. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Mike. All right, thank you very much, and we will return after this quick commercial break. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eye on the Illini. This is Alana guy, Mike Kegley, thanking Alana guy's director of recruiting, Kedrick Prince, for stopping by. And we will certainly be back and we will keep updating you on what's going on in basketball recruiting, transfer portal, and all things related to getting those Illini rosters up to the level of winning the Big Ten. Go Illini! <laughs>